0: Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott.
1: Hello, thanks for downloading today's podcast on Thursday the 27th of July. We start with a devastating story of two women who died from infections caused by the herpes virus following C-sections at two hospitals in East Kent. Kimberly Sampson from Whitstable and Samantha Mulcahy from Hawking passed away in 2018 at the QEQM in Margate in Ashford's William Harvey. They were operated on by the same surgeon six weeks apart. Five years later, an inquest into their deaths has just finished, and the coroner is going to make a to prevent similar tragedies in future. She also previously said the women should have been treated sooner. Samantha's mum Nicola given a statement outside County Hall in Maidstone.
2: We will always believe that Kimberly and Sam died due to contracting this virus in hospital and have no reason to think otherwise, due to the trust not being forthcoming when asked about a connection to the two deaths five year, years ago and their constant refusal to answer our questions. The simple solution should have been to test staff, but that didn't happen. Neither Yvette, Kim's mum or myself feel we are able to leave this here and will continue to fight for the truth for Sam and Kim. This is definitely a matter of public interest and has become quite apparent over the last decade of the massive failings in the maternity services in the East Kent Trust like i said before as a family now that we've had this final um day at the inquest i think we will have to talk about it but um i think you know the possibility of a judicial review this last five years we haven't even been able to move forward because we're constantly stuck and i feel like today i i've got to decide whether i can actually say goodbye to her or whether we continue to fight and i and i feel we need to continue fighting because This inquest has given us no answers at all. It scares me to think that someone else, any other family has got to go through what we've been through. It's the most horrendous experience. Well, I can tell you, you know, our mental health has been affected just as much as any member of the staff in that hospital.
1: It comes amid confirmation East Kent will not be getting a new hospital after a bid for funding was unsuccessful. The trust wanted £460 million but has failed to make a government shortlist. Ken Rogers is chairman of campaign group Concern for Health in East Kent. He's been telling Kent Online's Nicola Everett how he felt when he heard the news.
3: Angry, of course. Um, I, I, I suppose not surprise after the, uh, the the things have happened over the few months uh, but I'm angry because it's taken so long to get to that point. There's been so many people involved, so many hours and believe me we started this in 1996 so I'm angry and I am sorry for the people of East Kent and for, of course East Kent hospitals that are going to be left in somewhat of a dire now.
0: What would the funding have meant? What would a super hospital have done for that part of the county?
3: Well, the funding would have had two options. So it would have had one, uh, an option one, which would would have kept um, all three hospitals, but it would have kept the main areas of William Harvey and of the QEQM with Canterbury playing a part. Uh, the other option would be to build a new super hospital in Canterbury uh, in conjunction with Quinn Estates that would have given a, a big hospital so we could centralise services there. Um, and you know, the outcome for patients would have been better for everybody in East Kent.
0: And what happens now? You alluded to it in your first answer, but do we keep the status quo?
3: Well, I don't know. Um, The the situation in East Kent has been fading um, ever since the decision in 2003 to take away the A&E from Canterbury. Um, the, The services have been subject to sticking plasters over many years. There's money been spent um, on William Harvey, and there's been William on QEQM, all good money, all helpful for the patients, but it doesn't pro- it doesn't produce a long term benefit for the patients of East Kent. There is a, a a need for transformation. There needs there's a need for services to be able to come together to be looked at to to collate co collate services so that everything's better. Um, we are definitely being left out in East Kent, and I think the NHS. got a lot to answer for. We
0: do hear regularly um, a lot of bad news about what's going on in East Kent, but are are there some good bits? I mean are there any bits of the healthcare system there that you think are working well? You mentioned there about the the stroke centre but I mean how how concerned are you about services in East Kent generally?
3: I'm I'm concerned but I have to say thank you to them, they've kept me alive um, through all my cancer problems years ago. uh, there is some brilliant services there, uh, but they need updating. Um, Canterbury um, has been through some horrific things, and maternity, as you rightly say, is is one of those things. and one that goes on, um, and you know, maternity perhaps it's one of those services where you could look at and say, even now, say, well, if we had some decent premises. We might be able to attract some decent staff. We might be able to do some decent training. We might be able to safeguard the, the, the mothers of East Kent and, and so that they feel safe going forward.
1: Medway has also missed out on the government funding.
3: Kent Online reports.
1: A Morrison store in Kent is set to close as bosses say its performance is not sustainable. The branch in Faversham is going to be sold. The supermarket's been in the town since 2009 and will shut for goods on the 17th of September. Residents have commented on our story saying it's such a shame and disappointing for the town that speculation about what the building could be turned into with some suggesting housing a nightclub or McDonald's. Temporary CCTV is going to be installed in an Ashford park after a spate of catapult attacks. The camera will be in Goatleys Park in the Kennington part of town. In the last year, bus shelters, streetlights and windows have all been smashed and a child was allegedly shot with a BB gun earlier this month. The MP for Chatham and Aylesford is starting her journey to climb Mount Kilimanjaro for charity today. Tracy Crouch is hoping to raise £150,000 for breast cancer Kent. She was diagnosed with the disease in 2020 and given the all clear a year later. Ahead of her flight to Tanzania, she told Nicola how she's feeling about the challenge. I'm really nervous,
4: to be honest with you. Um, it has come around very, very quickly. Uh, training has been slightly hampered by coming down with covid a couple of weeks ago which was um a bit of a retro uh, step backwards in time but um uh, it is just you know exciting it's a bit scary bit daunting, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's going to be an epic adventure.
0: Absolutely. So when does the climb start? Talk us through the next few days. It's quite a long
4: journey to get there. Uh we're going via Doha uh, and then we have a connecting flight to Kilimanjaro. We land quite early uh in the morning. Um so we have a, a day to sort of kind of settle down at base camp, have some instructions and everything else. And then I think looking at the itinerary, which I've read about a thousand times, but I think that we then set off uh, on Saturday morning and um, we, we wake our way to the first camp before we start the climb properly after that.
0: And how long, roughly, do you think the climb will take? Have you got an aim in mind as to how long you want it to take? Or are we just going to take it quite, quite steady?
4: So we're doing a, a guided route. Uh, we're doing a northern route, which is a fairly new route, actually, out of all the routes for Kilimanjaro. It's a slightly longer uh, route in, in terms of timing. Uh, so we think it's about eight days uh, up and down. And that's because the slower you do it, the more likely you are to succeed. So you can climb Kilimanjaro with guides in about four days, but the success rate is is quite low because of the altitude sickness. Whereas if you take it longer, you acclimatise better, and therefore your success rate is much higher, much more likely.
0: Have you been able to do anything to kind of prepare yourself for that element of it?
4: Um, Not really. I I mean, listeners might remember that about 10 years ago, I did um, Cotopaxi, which is a active volcano in Ecuador in aid of um, injured soldiers. Now, I didn't quite summit uh, that, but uh, I certainly got up very high. I think it was about um, 5,500 meters that I got up and Kilimanjaro is about 5,895 meters. Um, but it is all about how your body uh, reacts to the depleting oxygen sources and there is no real preparation for that you can be fit and and obviously I try to keep myself fit and healthy but uh, it doesn't really matter when you're out there because um, some people who are super fit suffer from altitude sickness and those who are not fit don't so um, it is really about how your body sort of kind of re- responds while you're out on the mountain. So the key to it is taking it slowly. M- my hardest challenge is going to be to temper my competitive nature and to actually be at the back of the the walking group rather than at the front, um, so that I can really slow down my pace.
0: And tell us again why you're doing this. It's all for a very good cause.
4: I'm raising funds along with six other ladies um, for Breast Cancer Kent, Uh, having been through breast cancer and being treated by Mainstone Tunbridge Wells Trust. uh, It is a cause that's very close to my heart. Um, And Breast Cancer Kent is the charity that supports all uh, breast cancer patients, uh, women and indeed the men that get diagnosed with breast cancer. through their journey Um, and the charity has asked us to raise some funds for a particular piece of equipment called a faxatron which is something that they will use in pathology to help speed up the process that ensures that patients get treated quickly uh, and can get on to the next part of their journey whether that is the treatment part or indeed the afterlife Um, and uh, so then that's the bit that I'm on now
0: and how's your fundraising going because i know you've got to raise quite a bit but you're doing very well aren't you
4: well we originally set a target for 100,000 pounds which was the um the the target that the charity set for us for this particular piece of equipment i'm pleased to say that we we broke that actually and now we've set ourselves a target of 150,000 pounds um we think that we will just about make that um so any donations to help us on that our way would be much appreciated um but um it's just an amazing course and, I, and i'm pleased to say that actually one of the ladies that is climbing with us is the, um, the head of the breast cancer unit uh, at Maidstone and Tunbridge Wells, and she's joining us on the climb as well.
1: They've got a fundraising page online if you want to donate.
0: Kent Online reports.
1: In other news, cinema goers in Maidstone say they were left in shock after two women got into a fight during the Barbie movie. They pushed each other and one of them was slapped in the face at the Odeon at the weekend. The movie was stopped and customers were given a refund. A 16-year-old boy has been arrested after reports of a child being approached by a person in an Ashford park. Police were told the little girl was held by the arms by someone who took pictures of her on Tuesday afternoon. The child's mum managed to lead her away. A rare bird that's been extinct in Kent for more than two centuries has been reintroduced in Dover. The red-billed chuff is part of the Crow family, a group's been released near the famous White Cliffs as part of a conservation project. Paul Hadaway is from the Kent Wildlife Trust.
5: We're you know, in an undisclosed location very near to Dover. Um, behind me is, is part of the reason why we're doing this project. We're standing on the, the chalk cliffs here. Um, This chalk grass and habitat is habitat that was once home to chuff. They're they're flying over our heads at the moment. Um, Chuff were driven out of this area through through persecution and loss of habitat probably 200 years ago. But actually the restoration of this type of habitat, the work that Kent Wildlife Trust and others, the National Trust, Cliffs Coinside Partnership and many others involved in this project have done over the last 40 years has taken us to the point where this habitat is restored sufficiently for us to actually begin to think about putting these birds back out. And then in turn, those birds will lead the next 30, 40 years of, of kind of emphasis on this project, whether it's working with farmers and landowners, doing other conservation grazing projects and restoration in this area. So they're what we call flagship species, you know, they stand for all of this work that we've done and they're the figureheads for the work going forward.
1: The bird has a strong connection to our county. Here's Laura Gardner from the Wildwood Trust. So the Red Bull Chuff is a fantastically iconic and charismatic species. It's actually depicted on the Canterbury Coat of Arms, so there's a strong cultural and um, historic connection to Kent with the species. Getting the habitat right for species reintroduction is really, really crucial and this is where dovetailing our skill sets has really been so powerful. So habitat managers at Kent Wildlife Trust and having the the breeding programme at Wildwood means that there is um, lots of habitat restoration work going on and has been for a number of years along with another whole host of other conservation partners that makes the restoration of this species into that landscape feasible. The red-billed chuffed chicks were raised at the Wildwood site near Canterbury before being released. Mark Haben is also from the charity.
6: It's really important. It's a bird that is synonymous with with this county. It's Kent's panda, if you like. It's, It's a bird that was here once. It's not been doing so well. We know the landscape and the habitat are appropriate for, um, and for various reasons, they they were wiped out across Kent. um, But sheep farming, um, they're very dependent on that, where the sheep will crop the grass very short, allowing the birds with those lovely orange curved beets to probe into the soil um, for all kinds of different invertebrates. They're they're actually really a farmer's friend, this bird, because they they consume an awful lot of agricultural pests.
1: Liz Corrie from the Wildwood Trust has also been at the release site and says the birds have been trained with whistle recall so they can come back to the aviary for food and shelter.
7: So when we let these birds go, we're not just doing a hard release where they're they're off and that's it now, <laughs> bye bye. We want to make sure that we provide them enough support as possible in those early stages uh, and that will help us monitor any of them. If they happen to go off course, we can go looking for them, provide them supplemental feed and make sure they're fine but in the long term it's also telling us about how they're using the habitat here in kent and where they're going to be going we have suitable habitat to a certain extent the release site has been chosen because of the grazed land here and its proximity to the white cliffs there are lots of areas where kent wildlife trust have also been working and and other ngos in in terms of habitat restoration but we still don't know exactly what these chuffs will be looking for Um, dover has Many other things to offer a chuff, like Dover Castle, for example. Um, You know, it's a nice high structure for them to be looking out for and and sitting on and maybe even roosting in. Uh, The white cliffs themselves. It's not just about the cliff face. It's the fact that there are smuggler caves in there. um, And who knows whether they'll want to investigate those. So it'll be quite interesting to see where the birds go and how that informs not just um, well our, our future releases, because this is going to be a five to seven year project of releasing birds each year, but also in the long term, uh, what we need to be able to do to protect the habitat here for the chuffs and how that can feed into then other reintroduction projects that are being looked at across the coast and other habitat management projects so we can ultimately link up the um, reintroduced Kent population with the recolonised Cornish population so that we can bring back this whole entire south
1: population in England that has been missing for so long. Make sure to look out for them next time you go for a walk on the Kent coast.
6: Kent Online reports.
1: Tributes have been paid to a children's doctor who passed away at the Kent hospital where he worked for more than 20 years. Doctor Mohamed Rezor Rahman moved to the county after training in Pakistan and was a consultant at Ashford's William Harvey. The 69-year-old's been described as passionate and devoted to his profession. Controversial plans to divide Canterbury's traffic into zones are going to be scrapped to make way for a new bus first strategy. The council's now run by a Labour Lib Dem coalition and they want to get rid of the Conservatives' proposal to fine people who drive between different areas. Bosses are considering reopening the park and ride site in Sturry to help cut pollution and congestion. More than a million pounds worth of ecstasy pills has been found in the back of a van in Swanley. 49 bags of drugs were discovered when the vehicle was pulled over because the driver was using a mobile at the wheel. Now, if you've ever wanted to do a cycling tour around Kent but are worried your legs won't cope with it, we might just have the solution. Our reporter Ben Austin's been trying out the e-bikes from UK Electric Bike Centre in Headcorn, who provided tours for Sandy Toxvig and an unnamed ex-Arsenal player. He's travelled round to various cricket grounds in the county and spoke to the company's managing director, Marcus van der Gaag.
6: The UK Electric Bike Centre is coming up to 10 years old. Um, We moved to Headcorn Airdrome exactly a year ago, last May. Um, We sell bikes, we're a one-stop shop for electric bikes, so we sell bikes, we repair and service bikes, um, e-bikes and and also normal bikes. And then we run uh, electric bike hires and tours from here as well. Why Headcorn? It gave us a lot more space. and, And as you can see, we've got a big demonstration area both on the, on the grass and on the hard, uh, hard surface. So our, our USP is that people can come down here and properly try an electric bike. It's a lot of money. And, um, typically what we do when a person comes down, they will tell us what they want to achieve from their their e-biking, um, whether it's leisure or going on a mountain bike or commuting, and they can try three or four different bikes and then narrow down to the one that they feel is the most suitable for them. Why did you go in get into e-bikes particularly uh, I used to organise uh, London triathlon and do a corporate adventure racing uh, around the world and was very fortunate but uh, I got in a situation where I had to have both hips replaced and so somebody said try an electric bike and in my 40s I thought not a chance, don't want to get a jump on one of those but actually did. And thought, what a fantastic thing. And they've developed a lot over the last 10 years and got better and better.
1: You can read more about Ben's experience in his story on the website. Kent Online News. Research by Canterbury Christchurch University has found exercises like wall sits and planks are best for reducing blood pressure. Scientists have looked at 270 studies and say engaging muscles without moving too much produces the biggest results. Villagers are toasting the success of an inflatable pub in All Hallows. The air of the dog was set up after the only local in the area closed down and residents were no longer able to use the bar at a nearby holiday camp. It's hoped the pop-up boozer can become a permanent fixture in future. A Kent student's gone viral because of his incredibly long name.
6: Bola Watifi, Ola Wada Milola, Oyan Kunle, Ayan Emmanuel Michael, Ola Daly.
1: Baloo, as he's also known, picked up his computer science degree from the Uni of Kent. Fair play to maths professor Ben Kosh, who read out the 38-syllable showstopper during a graduation ceremony at Canterbury Cathedral. And Emily Sanday's been filming a new music video on Sheppey. She was spotted in Laysdown on Tuesday evening. It's not the first time the island's been used. Robbie Williams filmed there back in 2016. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via The Briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk.
0: News you can trust.
1: This is the Kent Online Podcast.